twins. What? Double happy, double nappy when everything around you starts with two. Two nappies and two onesies and two. Christine. And with us on this very special day is a special guest star, if you will, the specialist of all guests that ever specialed. We have with us one Anthony Isaac Bradley. Welcome to the show. Hello. This is this is surreal because I've been listening to you guys for years now. So Oh, hey, thanks by the way. Yeah, right. We really like we like knowing <laughs> that people weird. actually listen. No, thank you. I, I dropped most of the other podcasts and I still <gasps> listen to you guys. Jeez. Oh wow, okay. Right. Well see, cause sometimes I say to Emily, like, don't tell me if you know, but does anybody listen to this? <laughs> well, and the good thing is I have no idea because I so she didn't know. behind the scenes, lifting up the curtain, we use a really like random way of uploading podcasts because we use um, archive.org which is oh. a way of doing it for free and like if you're using pod I don't know if Podomatic is still a thing it was years ago but like all of those sites like Stitcher and Pod Boys and I don't know what they're called but there's like a million of them they all have fancy techie names and I think like those would give you actual stats I don't use any of them so I have no idea I know like on, on uh, archive you could see how many people like clicked on the archive file but i don't think that's the same as how many actually have downloaded through itunes which apparently isn't what you say anymore either i used to always say like download on itunes but now that's not a thing right it's like i'm music or something yeah what do the kids do i say because i do this is boring never mind when i have to talk about somebody else's podcast i'll say wherever you get your podcast that's a smarter way of because doing it. that like covers spotify and apple music or whatever that's it's it called. yeah so i just say like wherever you get your podcast because you know where you get them you're getting them see i just so assumed like itunes was still like the universal language like you know, like Xerox meant copier, even though it was a brand. Yeah. Like hey, I thought iTunes meant that. I don't think it does Emily, anymore. we're we're arrested in a very specific place in podcasting. Yeah. Um, and that place is probably about two thousand nine. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> so we haven't we haven't really moved on from any of that. That's true, but so. you know what? It works for us. It works for us. Damn it, we're still around. We're still kicking. Almost I was decade. able to find your old episode, so Yay. you still have a presence out there. Hey, how about that? Look at we're doing something right, everyone. Indeed. Um, so Anthony is a longtime listener, which of course we love hearing. Um, and dare we ask, like, why? Uh, so why, like, our film podcast? Why film podcast in general? What What's your movie thing? What's your writing thing? T- tell us. Tell us more. Well, I. I'm a predominantly a poet, but film has always just been a big thing for me. It's uh, something that my mom was really hardcore into when I was a kid. The uh, majority of them being horror movies. Nice. That's so cool. Yeah. So was my mom. I'm really? sure she's listened. Maybe you've heard that. <laughs> but my, my mom, too. That's one of the main reasons I am the way I am. 
But, it's weird, isn't it? it like, yeah. that's kind of the only thing we have in common, me and my mom. And like, Fascinating. Uh, so, regardless of all the other bad stuff, like, that's the thing I was brought up on. And I used to sneak uh, her tapes because she would record them off of, you know, Blockbuster and so forth. <laughs> and so, she had a I nice learned setup. about the ways of the world by stealing from her collection and watching all that stuff. Um so, you know, film is just something I'm mildly obsessed with. Cool. What is your favorite horror film of all time? Oh, that's such a bad question. I know. What is your, like, <laughs> what is one of your five favorite horror films? of? What is a horror movie you've seen more than any other, more than most other movies of all time? Well, according to my letterboxed profile, <laughs> which, is, which is under uh, Queen Nemma, N-E-M-M-A, uh, my top four currently is uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Mm, best movie. Uh, so I'm going to go with that because <laughs> it is kind of my favorite movie. Because uh, it's just, it devastates me every time I watch it. It's one of the best movies ever I'm made. I'm so excited Period. to watch it. and ugly and funny and just... Um, Deeply upsetting. It's oh just. God, yes. I I got to see it when they. I don't know what it was, but when I was still in Austin at, uh, at one of those screenings, I got to see it on the big screen, which was amazing because the only other Lynch movie I've seen on the big screen was Lost Highway, kind of accidentally, and I was very young, as you can probably imagine. I didn't mm. really get it, but I was so excited to see it on the big screen, and it, I just pretty much cried the entire time like <laughs> non-stop so so yeah that's a that's a that's a, that's a solid choice oh i'm so excited i so I we're oh man what i think we're on episode i think we have like four more episodes of season two we're near the end we are right um the next episode is the miss twin peaks contest <gasps> oh my god i know there's so many things that can happen other than the pilot Easily my favorite. Episode. <gasps> so I've been very excited for your journey. It's, it's, it's such a cool journey. It's my favorite thing in the world, Twin Peaks. Yeah. So. Yeah. So our plan. I mean, we're gonna. Brandon just bought the movie, so we got the Blu-ray. So Ooh. we're gonna finish up the season. We're gonna watch the movie, and then we're gonna watch. I guess the return. And then um, I'll have more to say. Like, because I, <laughs> like, and there's some things I knew. Like, I actually had known who killed Laura. Like, I had heard who I mean, killed that's Laura kind Palmer. Of hard to avoid. It isn't, it isn't. Brandon didn't know. But he yeah. also doesn't, like, I don't know, he doesn't go on the internet. So that helps things. Um, it's, <laughs> seriously, I can, I can live such a wild double life if I really wanted to. I could be Laura Palmer. <laughs> but but I, I probably should not be, and I probably actually could not be. But anyway. Um, so I had known, but I didn't know if I was right about that. Because that, like, it's always one of those, like, oh, I maybe I know, but maybe it actually means something else. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but it it's funny, because once you kind of get to the sort of rounding of that, it's almost, it's it's done so well, but it's not a huge shock. Like, when you learn it, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, but there's, like, this after is, that, I know nothing. This is what I was talking about with that one thing I said on Twitter that now I can't remember. Oh, uh, WandaVision. Like, there's oh. a difference between, in my opinion, a twist and a reveal. And I don't sure. necessarily think Who Killed Laura Palmer is a twist. No, you should see it yeah. coming. You should. There, it's a good storytelling. Seeds have been sown. Yep. We should know what's happening. So it should be, like, wow, that was presented amazingly not, oh, I didn't see that coming. Well, if you didn't see that coming, maybe you should have paid attention. It's funny. This is making me think that when um, 
when we finish, before we record the eventual Twin Peaks episode, I need to watch the Who Shot Mr. Burns episode again of The Simpsons. <laughs> because aside from that being my initial, like, that was the first thing I knew about Twin Peaks was that scene. But also, like, that point you make about that's really on point of, you're right, a reveal of a mystery shouldn't make you go, wait, that, wait, how, what, what? No, you should say, oh, okay, yeah, because connect this dot, connect that yes. dot. Yes. Yeah. Tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Tell a cohesive, coherent story. And I should see what you're going to do coming. Yeah. Whether or not I realize it until you do it is something else. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like Watchmen. I don't know why I'm just saying saying comic book things. But I felt like the Watchmen show did the same thing. Like, yeah. by the time everything happened, you were like, yeah, I mean, that's about right. right. It's that guy, right? Yeah. Okay, good. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah. uh, but anyways, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I can't yeah. wait till you watch the movie. I know I'll have things to say, things to say. Oh, uh, I was on the Projection Booth podcast to talk about that movie. Yes, I'm plugging myself now. It's a new thing that I do. So go Good. go download that episode of the Projection. Booth. I'm I'm excited for this new journey of yours. You should yeah, be. Well, I've been saying you should be plugging yourself for years. That's true. you're leaking <laughs> everywhere, and it's just going nowhere. Nobody knows to pick it up disgusting but please no but you got the analogy you saw it you saw it um a question about that episode which i will listen to uh when you recorded that had the return already aired do you talk about the return i am almost positive we did yes okay so i have to wait until after twin peaks on mike white's show more than once which is honestly a huge honor considering Mm -hmm. the the people that he knows and the smart people that he knows and i do not feel like i belong in that group but i went on that podcast and i talked about poltergeist who am i to talk you're christine fucking makepeace that's who you are (laughs) it was a good episode i listened to that one thank you i like that movie a lot but yeah uh we i think we talk about the return at some point which i still need to watch i think as i again as i told you Mm -hmm. i've only watched it in its entirety that first time bits and pieces here and there but i find um and maybe maybe anthony will agree with me when i do rewatches i get mild mm, i get fixated on Twin Peaks a lot like and that's all I can think about and that's all I want to talk about and that's all I look at on the internet so <laughs> I kind of need to temper sometimes when I dive back in I could see that could, could be I will say a rewatch of season three is is even better than the first time I because bet, yeah. without going into detail there's just there's just things you know now and it <laughs> makes it a little less anxiety inducing as a viewer um in in like the um expectations category i guess if that makes sense no it does even having not seen it it does that that idea of when you i talk about that with um i always think about this with martyrs as an example the first time you watch martyrs you're you have no idea where it's going and so your mind is going every which way you and as a result you don't you're not thinking about certain things in the movie you're really just waiting you're you're so concerned on oh is she going to get out of this situation oh wait Mm -hmm. now we're in a totally different situation and when you go back and watch it knowing kind of where it all goes emotionally you're not necessarily scared the same way because now you're like okay let me let me connect this dot or let me look at this thing and I think it's true of a lot of movies with reveals or twists, whichever one you're going with, that upon... And I think actually Cam was kind of like that for me. Um, 
Yeah, I actually yeah. watched Cam like it was a movie this time instead of like a fucking car crash. I was so fucking <laughs> terrified watching that yep. movie the first time. Um, and I wa- we rewatched it last night, and I'm going to give a big disclaimer on both these movies. I was so high when I watched both of them. But um, <laughs> I've seen Cam before, and I was like, oh, this is a, this is a good movie with a strong narrative and interesting themes. I, I, didn't, I don't think I knew that <laughs> after the first watch. It's, I think it's the nature of sometimes you are – and this is exciting. Like when you are watching something that is unlike anything, when you're – and I mean Twin Peaks is a great example of that – and I get, and I'm sure at some point in life I'll I'll be able to go back to it and even watch season one, and go back to it and knowing now, you know, you know where it's where it's ending, so you can go back and just look at. I just want to focus on this character, right? Or mm-hmm. I know there's, you know, you, I mean, it's like when you watch The Shining with the different theories in your head, like you're able to do that because you've kind of that first experience sometimes isn't the the final experience that you leave the film with mm-hmm. yeah. um and it's you know always a like a, a strong sign when you get a different feeling on second viewing and sometimes it works the other way but yeah cool you stuff. can kind of just enjoy it is, yeah, too. is kind of the thing like yeah. and that's nice because then you're, you don't have all these expectations in your head and yeah. you can just sit back and it's why I go to doesthedogdie.com anytime a dog shows up in a movie. I just, I, I'm, I can't, if I watch a movie with a cute dog, I'm going to be too, like, there's going to be an, a part of my heart that is in the wrong place watching the movie because I'm just too concerned about the dog. So that's the point of that. It's not a spoiler. It's for me to just to know so I can, okay, relax that part of you or accept that this dog is going to die. And then mm-hmm. things are easier. Um. So the movies we're talking about today, uh, no dogs, there is a cat, the cat's okay, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of death, or a lot of, well, not that much death, all in all, when you think about it. The movies today I... that we're talking about, Christina, yeah. what are they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nina Forever mm-hmm. and Cam. Yes. C-A-M, Cam, Cam. not like somebody's name, like K-A. Not like Cam from Modern Family, which is... Still, every time I hear Cam, that's all like, like, that's, that's the first image that comes to my mind is just like, but like a, a production still of that actor, like, you know, with his hands up, kind of like being very Cam-like. And it's, um, I would like, like somebody to do like a two minute animated something of just that character in the trailer for Cam. Oh, geez. Like Cam is Cam. <laughs> like somebody I'm, I'm out I'm there, out. somebody with internet skills, please do that for me. It's all I ask for in life. That and for the dog not to die. That's it. That's it. Um, so, yeah. So, two, uh, two, I mean, two really, I think, interestingly modern, not um, elements of traditional storytelling, but very different stories and different plots and all that. Um, so, exciting pairing of movies today. Um, we are going to talk in detail about both. Um, we will go into full detail, so there will be spoilers. Spoilers. Um, spoilers galore. Uh, we will, we're going to do Nina Forever first, and then when you hear music, that is when we will come back with Cam. So if you haven't seen one and don't want to spoil, then that's how you do it. Uh, Nina Forever is streaming everywhere, I think, is what we concluded. All right, it's on, I think, Shutter. it's on Prime, it's on a bunch of places. Yeah, it wasn't hard to find. Yeah, and then uh, Cam is a Netflix product, or eventually got picked up by Netflix, so that is where that is. Cam so, is still not on DVD or Blu-ray, which blows my God, mind. that's sad. It's, this oh, is, man. 
this is the thing. I'm going to ta- yeah. be tangential for just a second, and then we'll get back on track. But there is this period of music, we were talking about iTunes, that w- no one bought directly, yeah. forever got put onto people's iTunes, and now you can't access them, can't find them, nobody remembers they exist. There is going to be a stretch of movies like that, yeah. that mm. were just streaming movies, that didn't really get any type of physical release, and now are just lost in the ether. Which yeah. is just so sad to me. Well, and it's a shame because I think with Cam, I think there was a fair amount of deleted stuff. Like, I think there's a whole, there's a bit more of the storyline. Like, there's an explanation of some things. There are, I was listening to an interview with the writer and she talks about scenes that they, they filmed and decided not to use. And you're like, I would watch them. I'll pay for them. Like, what can I do to watch? Can <laughs> yeah, I watch it? Can I get a commentary? Like, I'll take all of these things. It's, yeah. I mean... Yeah, we, we talk about how we hate being, like, we're now at that age when we can complain about things, but how I hate, like, I hate being just the person saying, well, in my day, but there is, because I think for the most part, technology is good, and I think streaming is great, and I think yes. the fact that we can see movies and property that we never thought we'd get to see, or that independent filmmakers can, like, put something out there and can actually be seen, I think that's wonderful. I and I'm not even a big, like, I like physical media. I, I have a, we just built shelves for our DVDs. At the same time, I understand the world's moving away from it. But every now and then, you get something where you're like, yeah, man, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's talk Nina forever. Uh, Anthony, tell us why you picked this movie. Well, this is a movie that... Um... I don't know. I think it it has a mix of things that I really like from horror. And one of those is being uh, just just like a mix of sexuality Mm. um, that you kind of see in movies like Hellraiser or uh, The Sentinel or things like that. And it seems to be rarely touched upon in this kind of way. Uh, usually when sexuality is used in horror, it seems like it's always, you know, in like an assault type, you know, mm-hmm. of, of of scare or something like that. And so I found it interesting that, that this movie kind of approaches it the way it does, because that that first scene... Uh, I mean, I guess we should kind of talk about what the movie is first. Sure. Uh, Christine, would you like to give a synopsis? Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. So (laughs) this I would describe this movie as kind of like if we're talking about it in like genre fiction genres, it's kind of like bizarro, speculative, light horror, um, very weird but um so it's if you're going into this expecting like a straight horror movie it's not at all and i think what anthony said is very true sex and death are a taboo when they're put together mm-hmm. um it turns very fast into people's minds into into like you know neck being yeah, necrophilia like a, and, yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't want to we've all been that. there <laughs> but like that's what i think a lot of people it's a very big taboo like like blood in sex is is only okay if it's violent like it's mm. it's a whole thing and it's gross and awful and i hate it but this um is a very daring movie that is essentially about a uh, man whose significant other has passed away he is upset he tries to end his life it is unsuccessful but a girl that he works with younger 
very young, which I think says a lot about her, mm-hmm. is uh, immediately attracted to that kind of tragedy and that that passion that this this man is uh, showing for this dead woman and she immediately wants to wants to hitch her wagon to his and get in a relationship with him and lo and behold the 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 actual corpse of his dead girlfriend shows up every time they try to be intimate and it's not just like is this it's literally happening the movie tells you that it's actually happening which i appreciated that it didn't pull any punches in that regard uh, and then uh, hilarity ensues. That's how I like it. <laughs> and my reviews. Um, I am going to show my hands, and I'm going to say that this might be a perfect movie. I really liked it. Yeah. It... Oh my god! Yay! I thought you were hated. I don't know. <laughs> no. Why. Nope, nope. Nope. About I don't know half hour in, I paused it and I looked at my husband and I was like, I fucking love when people understand me and know what I'm going to like. <laughs> Because this is such a movie that yep. I don't think I would have watched on my own. Because, like, at least the thumbnail, like, the box art thumbnail mm-hmm. that I saw for it was mm-hmm. a little, like, eh. And then the write-up isn't doesn't do it any justice. And then you're watching it and you're like, oh, what is this? But the, by the time I got to a point where I trusted the movie, I was like, this movie is perfect. It's a meditation on grief yep. and mm-hmm. tragedy. And it's beautiful and perfect and lovely. So I loved it. I don't really know if I have anything to say about it. All right, we're good. <laughs> it's just, it just was really good. Uh, also, I felt a couple times I was like, did I write this? It very <laughs> much a big did Christine write this energy? Uh, another plug, it, there were similar themes to my first novel that I oh. wrote. Uh, I and I just thought it was really great. And, and yeah. I'm happy that someone made me watch it. Christine, what was the name of the first novel you wrote? And where can people find I, it? It's called Wake Up Maggie. And it's available on Amazon. And I will have a third book uh, upcoming uh, later this spring. So Ooh, that's yeah. my girl. Hey, thanks. I'm doing I'm it, so everyone. That's right. Hey, the- you know, look. <laughs> good for you for even trying it's awful (laughs) but i i thought this movie was really great emily you seem to enjoy it as well i did yeah and it's funny because i remember when it came out because it's 2015 so it's fairly fairly new i mean i mean i don't know we're also fairly old somehow time is what is time we don't know and i remember when it came out because it was it you know it was kind of sold as a zombie movie and in part it was sold as a zombie comedy which in 2015 Mm -hmm. i did not want um, and I, now I still love a good zombie movie. I, but for me, I, and I will still get a craving and get an urge for like, oh man, what's on, what can I find something on Shutter? I just give me a, a zombie horde movie. Like I, I love a good, there are a bunch of zombies outside and they're going to kill 10 people. Mm-hmm. So let's watch these 10 people die. Um, and I think for a while there was this really interesting period of time in independent horror where you had some good films, independent films, that were taking zombies and doing something really interesting with them. Um, and Dead Girl is one that I always think of, which I think kind of got, if you haven't seen it or if you started watching it, I think it's very easy to think of it as a, oh, here's a really, like, here's a movie about dudes raping a dead dead zombie girl. And mm-hmm. it's it's that, but it's not. I think it's a much deeper sadder um better made film that actually does hold up i haven't watched it in a while i, I should rewatch it to see if it actually does hold up but i remember thinking this this is a movie that is going to get so many people are not going to watch this movie and dismiss it because of its subject matter when it's actually something really special and i think then i sort of because i'd watched started watching so many movies like that kind of got tired of them too 
which is why when I saw the concept for Nina Forever, and I remember a podcast or two reviewing it, and just thinking like, eh, this doesn't sound like I'm I'm good on this one. I don't I don't need another zombie comedy in my life right now. Um, and I think that's what's so great about it and great about watching it now is now when I'm 39, I can watch a movie about a 19 year old girl in a relationship. And it's really, I can, I can look back and see that as opposed to if I'd watched it 10 years ago, even, I don't think I was thinking of myself in relationships the same way. And now with that being so far behind me, to me, this is very much I mean, it, yes, it's about grief if you look at it from Rob's, as Rob's story, but I think if you look at it as Holly's story, it's, Holly's the character, right? I got that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then it's really much more about, like, what you think you want in a relationship, what, mm-hmm. who you, when you're so young and you just, you know, the, the excitement of, oh, this guy killed himself, tried to kill himself because he was so in love. What's more romantic than that? When you're 19, nothing. When you're 39, everything. But that idea of being so young and being in relationships and and like the things that are powerful about them and, and not powerful about them, there's so much there. And yet what I love about this movie is how sparse it is, right? It's like barely 90 minutes. It doesn't, it has such a small world, which is so smart, we don't, we don't find out anything about why Nina comes back. There's there is absolutely no explanation. I did not ever want one. Um, I can't imagine there ever was one, but I there's a part of me that wonders if like somewhere in the script they gave a reason, but I don't need it at all. It, it's not necessary. Um, it's it's this very simple story that I think depending on which character you're looking at it, it's a different um, it's a different story from different characters, which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, Holly's attempt to like accommodate just everything, yep. like even like getting like the tattoo herself. Yeah, yeah. Just like, oh god, oh. like I have totally <laughs> done that. Yeah. Like, not specifically that, but just to bend over backwards just to like make this thing work that yeah. you think you want. Well, like, and to prove herself. Yes. And and that was something I totally. And again, if I'd watched this some years ago it would have been too close probably but remember being young and and like thinking um and if this ever it definitely happened to me in a relationship where like being told like oh you're not daring enough you're not wild enough you're not this and thinking like oh my god i'm not that something's wrong with me and so she tries so hard to you know literally to fuck a, uh, her boyfriend's dead girlfriend thinking well this this proves it right look at me look at yeah. me go and when you're not when you're young i wouldn't even say when you're 19 because it's true depending on what stage of your life you're in but at different points in life like you're right that is the worst thing somebody can say to you and if you have this way of proving them wrong and proving yourself wrong like then yeah let's look past all of the blood and body parts oozing out on your sheets every single night that that's so interesting because i didn't take it like that at all i really felt like she was she was being holly was being extremely manipulative Mm. Uh, and that's how i viewed it like she was trying to almost game it like well if we can't ignore like and then that to me is 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 how it reflected grief like the stages of grief like Mm. well if we can't ignore it then let's 
try to make it part of our life. Okay, mm. well, we can't make it part of our life. So now, like, and, and it really did feel, and especially at the end, because, you know, the I guess the reveal would be that it's not, Rob's not the reason why why Nina keeps coming back. It's It's Holly's fault because she's fixated on this death, this woman she never met. And, and to me, it was like the, like, try, I just kept thinking, like, imagine trying, like, getting into a rela- relationship with somebody with a lot of baggage, somebody who's older than you and have had other relationships, and maybe even like another, like a wife or just a whole nother life where you weren't there and trying to, like, accommodate that like when he moves holly in it just mm-hmm. it felt and there was a, a part of holly that to me seemed really defiant like i'm gonna fucking do it because there was all that that over talk of that narration of like you can't say like helping people like she has this fixation on helping people and mm-hmm. she's trying to find her her way i don't know it was really complex yeah and interesting and there were multiple reads on it and and i don't and and Nia was very dislikable, but also like the best character. So ever. I love her so much. <laughs> my God, yes! I I want her to be she my friend, even though she she's too cool to be my friend. I want her to tell me that like my shoes don't look don't look good. Like I I want to hear her her insult me. Yeah, she's she's not wrong. She's like like not nice, but mm-hmm. is she wrong? And I don't I don't hate seeing that either. Yeah. Like it's cool to see flawed characters fumbling through life and we don't we don't get that on a realistic scale it's like i'm a flawed character and i accidentally just pushed a button to blow up the planet like no i mean that's not really the most relatable thing speak for yourself we we don't get a lot of you know what i think it is i don't really like dramas air quotes i i like a supernatural or a cult or like other element a genre element to my storytelling so we don't we don't get that that often though. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there's a million straight up dramas that people just sit and talk to each other that deal with the same themes, but like I kind of do want that that goth element, that like <laughs> literal dead girlfriend element. I don't know why. It just that just it, I'm able to understand things I think on a different level when when you bring in those genre tropes. Imagine I'm picturing now like sex education as taught by Christine and just her using like instead of all biology and everything instead you're like so remember in the movie Nina Forever or like just taking like so in Hellraiser when you know when when Claire Higgins has that scene where she like that's I want life lessons as taught by Christine through a horror lens please but I think we can all agree with that like we like we like horror movies because we like that that genre e element and i like when we are able to tell very human stories in that setting completely this was this was a very human relatable story i know someone whose significant other recently ended their life like three weeks ago and i couldn't stop thinking about her grieving process in relation to this movie And like the different stages of it, and it's really, I think, and I think, like, kind of like you said, Emily, like if you watch this at different part points in your life in different yeah. places, you would get something completely different. Yeah, Anthony, how many times have you seen this movie? This would be the uh, third or fourth time because I kind of watched it and then forced everyone I knew yeah. to watch yeah. it <laughs> with me. 
and <laughs> I'm not sure if the enthusiasm of everyone else ever reached my level, but uh, yeah, like in the, I think it's a really good. I, I think having those uh, genre elements leaves it open to a lot of interpretations yeah. because you have like I wrote AKA baggage, the movie on my <laughs> notes, you know, but, but you have like, yeah, the, all those elements of like grief and, uh, and someone trying to just like figure out who they are or please somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's lovely. Yeah. One of, I think my favorite moments is when, um, it's like the second time I think that they have sex and Holly is trying to have sex with Nina. Like she's trying to seduce Nina. She's like, okay, um, here, let me finger you I, here. Let me, what, what do you like? Let me try. And it's great because again, it's just, it's so like Holly's just trying so, so damn hard. But also I love what Nina says. She says, I don't want, it's like, I, I don't like, this isn't going to work for me. There is, because you know what? And like, there's so much there that isn't said because it's like, I don't want because I'm not real. Like in this movie, I'm real, but I'm also not real. I'm not here, mm-hmm. but I am here. Like, yes, there's blood on your sheets, but really this isn't about me. This is about you. This is about him. This is about whatever else, but it just has nothing to do. I'm just the body that's here. That's fucking things up, but there's nothing you can do to, to, to end, end it because I'm gone. And there's something I think really true of that, both with death, right? That the way, you know, when somebody dies, we're grieving for them. And it, like, no matter what, it's all about us. It's all about the living, not the dead, because you can spend years trying to understand somebody's decisions or trying to think, you know, could I have done something different? Or, you know, if only I had not uh, taken that turn, then we wouldn't have been in this accident and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But it does nothing because this person is gone and there's nothing to change it. There's nothing you can do if the last thing you said was I hate you. Like that doesn't mean that person, you know, is always going to know this. It just, well, that just happened to be the last thing you sent to them. And I think there's, there's the idea then that both with grief, but then also just with relationships, like how often when you've had issues in a relationship, especially in a breakup and especially when you're young and you think too hard about these things, you think about all of the things about like you were trying so hard to understand this person and like to a point you were never going to. And when, when you're broken up with them, you can go back and say, well, I, if I'd done this differently, but that person just is something else. It's, it's something out there that we'll never, no matter how much anything we do, we'll never fully understand somebody else. So how much energy we spend trying to do that, especially when it comes to relationships, um, there's just a lot there with this being a 90 minute, you know, classified in the next to, I don't know, Return of the Living Dead part three. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, how would you market a movie like this? I, I mean, it would be hard, so hard, but, but like, it feels like it was, it was aiming for an audience that I don't know it would ever fully get the backing Man. of. I, I wonder. Is, I should have watched the trailer. When you have these cross genre things, like what? Yeah. Sadly, that's the way it goes. Well, it's a little better now. And again, this is where the optimist in me comes out and says, "Well, because we have the internet now, like we have enough people to say, oh no, this is actually being mismarketed. This is more a, it's a comedy, but it's not. A, it's not Fido. It's not like this goofy comedy. Like it, it's doing things.'" 
And that's something that, you know, 20 years ago, it would have been impossible. This, this movie would have ended up on a video store shelf with mm-hmm. a sexy cover and somebody would have rented <laughs> The wrong person would have rented it and said, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And now at least you do have, like, the, the people that are usually, like, you know, subscribing to Shudder are going to give something like this a chance. But still, like, I don't know what your trailer would be for this movie. Is it, like, I can almost hear it, right? Like, Holly thought she met the perfect guy. Yeah, right? super zany and stuff. But his I want to say I looked up the trailer, and it was something like oh, that. <laughs> I could be wrong, but, yeah. Yeah, true love is forever. Like, I can, like, hear, like, every beat of a trailer that, like, tries to do this as a, like, <laughs> wacky breakup movie. <laughs> Oi. And it's so this was it's written and directed by its two brothers, Ben mm-hmm. and Chris Blaine. Mm-hmm. Um and they they haven't done like they've worked steadily, but they haven't made another feature, I don't think, since then. No. Just short it's a films. Shame. Yeah. And I guess they do a lot of they're they do a lot of editing. Which is, which is a shame because this is both written and directed very well. Yeah. Um Definitely. Yeah, and it's it's a tough one too. I mean, there's there's a lot of nudity and a lot of sex, which is a uh, like I mean, you know, we've seen many a movie where that does that, and it goes very wrong one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting because I think this movie is it manages to be both sexy and funny, and under has like from the beginning a really good tone on its. On, on how to do that. Um, Christine, I know, like, we talk about it a lot, and, like, you you usually don't like, like, comedy during sex, or comedy during sex scenes. Um, what did you For find? With, yeah, you've said that before. Well, I don't like, I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like uh, crass comedy mixed with my sexuality, because I think it cheapens it. But yeah. uh, I don't mind humor. I think sex and humor should go together, yeah. because it's absolutely absolutely absurd act that people take way too seriously very much um but like i don't want like like usually i'm I'm thinking of like fart noises and things that would demean a woman <laughs> during, during like I, that's how we see like straight sex put mm. to film a lot yeah. is like how can we make the woman seem oblivious or dumb what is what is informing that she's being taken advantage of i'm i don't know why i'm like thinking of porkies and stuff that's <laughs> what i think of what i think of. well because that's as straight male as I one can get old. i think yeah um but i like like i like humor especially like well-meaning earnest mm-hmm. humor uh and there was nothing this is not a mean movie and no, you could easily no. see it tipping that way because it's Oh, and the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, the music. The music is oh, great. Oh, the music in this fucking thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so good. I cannot express if... Occasionally people will come to me and I really appreciate it. And they'll be like, watch this movie. And I'll be like, I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> I don't know if you truly understand what I want to see. But this, this if, you, if you ever took one of my suggestions, watch this fucking movie. Thank you, Anthony, for bringing this movie into my life. <laughs> I will think about it forever now. Uh, it is, it is, there is a dead girlfriend who is 
present and and mean and like sassy and shitty and none of it is mean-spirited none of it treats its characters like garbage there's like a care to it even the positioning of of of, you know naked bodies Mm -hmm. and and like it's just really careful it cares about its characters yeah it's very good. Yeah, I mean, there is nudity galore, and it doesn't feel exploitive. It all feels yeah. like this is exactly when I would have taken my top off in this moment. Like, all yeah. of that just tracks and feels real. And I think, like, Holly's wants and what, like, you know, what's driving Holly is really clear and strong that, well, they're, like, I think we're both in the same part of, like, there's a lot going into her decisions. Um... But it's, like, and even though we might see different things and why she's doing stuff, like, it's really, um, she is a very rich, interesting character. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that, that some filmmakers would have given to that character, I think, in some ways, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed that, that her and uh, Fiona O'Shaughnessy, I guess is how you say her name, who plays Nina... I'm disappointed that they're not in more films. Yeah, they're both really good. They're both like, really good. And the woman who plays Holly is like distractingly beautiful. Like she's yeah. just, is, she just is so radiant on film in yeah. this. And it's like, put her in everything. It's so captivating. Well, I guess Nina is in, um, we talked about her earlier, Gretel and Hansel. Yes. I guess uh, which I have not seen yet. Is she the witch? Is she the beautiful witch? She's listed as so. mother. Her, 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 that's her thing. I I'm going to say I was a little underwhelmed by Gretel and Hansel, but that beautiful witch lady was 100% where I was. Still haven't, it's on Hulu now, so I'll watch it soon. Oh, is I it? really like yeah. that movie. There's, there's something in the visual. I hated the end. I don't know. I will rewatch it. I didn't like the end. The end made me angry. But, um, yeah. All right. All right. I'll go so, watch it just to see. Yeah. Abigail Hardingham <laughs> is uh, Holly. And it I, looks like she's in a lot of TV that I haven't heard of, which makes me think that it's like British TV. Casualty, The Innocents, Will, mm-hmm. uh, and 12 Monkeys, which I did watch, although I can't remember if I finished 12 Monkeys or not. I like 12 Monkeys, the TV show, but it um, the sci-fi channel couldn't decide whether how to air it. So they did weird things with, um, like they aired the first two seasons normally, and then they like film season three and four they aired season three like all in one night and then like two years later they aired season four it was all very confusing i don't know what they were trying to do with that show but um (laughs) she's in it apparently she's in a couple of episodes i don't remember her in it but i'll have to watch it yeah it's it's like two really rich female characters that Mm -hmm. these women get to do really cool things here truly yeah yeah uh it's it's enjoyable I will say, I think if you're a fan of Hellraiser 2, which mm. I think is a masterpiece, then you would like this movie because it has a really gross mattress <laughs> that, uh, that people crawl out of and stuff. So. I mean, like, there, there is a, a... Why would they keep buying white sheets? Or I guess that's what Rob <laughs> kept doing. I said that, and then yeah. immediately they changed sheet color, and I was like, mm, yes, this is smart decision. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, like, in general, why would anybody have white shoes? Well, you know, you just, I, mm, 
Look, don't idea. pass sheet ju- judgment on other people. I don't I don't to. have white sheets, but people listening might. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and, like, maybe it's because you bleed white and you figure it's clear where you get a lot of semen on the bed and figure white's better. I don't know. There's, you're right. You're right. I'm being very I don't judgmental. Know, maybe, like, a light gray. Yeah. It just seems, um, you know, or get, like, the Dexter tarp, right? Just, like, put that down every night knowing, like, it sucks, but essentially you're just, you know, like, it's like being wrapped in a giant condom. (laughs) Yeah. I'd forgotten. I'm looking now at the uh, IMDb trivia, and there are some interesting things. This was part of a Kickstarter fundraiser, so, again, good for that. Um, And I had forgotten this, that this came out... There was like this weird trend in movies where you had a couple of zombie girlfriend movies. You had Life After Beth mm-hmm. and Burying the Ex all around the same time. And those were 2014. I have not seen either of those. I have not heard great things about either one. What, what, there's another one too, right? The, the one with the, uh, the dude from Mad Max. Um, are you, oh, are you talking about Warm Bodies? Yeah, Warm Bodies. See, warm that's, Bodies. That's... That's a, a zombie boyfriend. Oh, and then, oh. but wasn't there also which a TV? Is, there was a TV good. show. The TV show uh, with I the, Zombie. I, yes, <laughs> which is a zombie. Well, girl come girlfriend. to me for all your zombie needs. Apparently, I, I, Warm Bodies is actually really good. Teresa Palmer is in it, and she's beautiful and wonderful. And Nick Holt is the zombie boy. Oh, it's a very yes. good movie. I thought it was charming and heartwarming. Although it is, if memory serves, it is intensely male. Because your your zombie protagonist is a dude, so there's like dude relationship things that I thought were maybe heavy handed. But anyways, nothing is this movie. Well, and just this movie. What's interesting is that that would be intensely male, but yet, and I haven't seen Life After Bath or Bearing the Axe. But part of why I think, at least with Bearing the Axe, was it seemed it's this other trend of like zombie like. I didn't know there was a zombie boyfriend movie aside from my boyfriend's back from like 1992. Uh, That's a good movie. Because it seems like a zombie girlfriend is more fitting to what you would get because then it's like, like it's always like the weird exotic alien girlfriend and then the normal guy that's got to deal with it. And so it, it surprises me that there was even like another side to that. And with this, like it doesn't, it's not a zombie girlfriend. Like, and you, this is the kind of movie I can picture, like, explaining to somebody, and it would get summed up with them thinking, like, oh, so it's the zombie girlfriend movie. No, 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 it's really not. It's, like, <laughs> just the, like, when he has sex with this human girlfriend, the zombie shows up, but she's not really a zombie. And, and like, yeah, maybe that's a problem. It, sh- it should never have been called zombie. Like, it should not have been grouped into that subgenre, in a way. Like, it would have been better off, like, in the, I guess, dirty mattress subgenre. <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah, I think, but, there, but because of when it came out, yeah, I think the easiest yeah. thing to do is just throw it in with those other ones. Well, because that's how you would get people to watch it. You would just end up getting the wrong people to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's, it is the problem. It's probably why it has not the best rating yep. on the things that I've seen it yeah probably so yeah this was not a movie made for like the the people that you would market this to were it it's just tough because it's it does that thing that we all love which is the genre we love exploring things that are interesting but that we kind of normally don't like the types of movies that explore them um, but we're harder to mark. We're, I don't know. They, they don't want to market to us. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> they, sh- they should start. Yeah. I, I, I've appreciated it. 
but this yeah it's it's really good and it's funny um which and like it's chuckle funny like it's just there's things that are just there's visuals and um but it also the one more thing I want to make sure we do mention because I thought it was so interesting was Rob's relationship with Nina's parents so weird yeah but like you get it and I think it does a lot to humanizing Rob who could have been the weak link of the movie just because mm-hmm. he's the least interesting guy like mm-hmm. yeah you have this this young woman who's like trying to figure out who she is sexually and in relationships um you have a sassy dead zombie girlfriend kind of not really and then you have like the sad sack older guy who who has like who like has nothing going because he lost the only thing he cared about um but so his like every week he goes and has like Sunday dinner with her parents and it's sad and it's um kind of sweet like it's really nice that he's doing this and you understand why he can't stop but you also kind of understand why um Holly doesn't want him to and just that whole like it, I don't know I thought that was handled with with such like kind of beautiful sad tension throughout yeah yeah I also want to say that I, I'm pretty pretty hard on horror slash comedies. Yes. Like, I don't like the majority of them. When they don't um, work, they're painful. Yeah, it's it, I just don't even want to mess with it. And and like you said, like the humor is it, it's it's not obnoxious. Yeah. So if you're kind of wondering if you should watch it because of that, you know, aspect, it it's very understated a lot of mm-hmm. the time. Uh, with the exception of a couple of scenes, but uh, you know, don't let that scare you off. Well, it never feels like they're going for a joke. It feels yeah. like the humor comes out kind of like like what Christine was saying. Like it comes out organically because sometimes sex is funny, and sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, changing the sheets is funny. Like it's not like they're setting up a gag to pay off. Like it's just yeah. comes up within it, and the movie doesn't shy away from the absurdity of it. So it knows when it can wink it and i wouldn't even say wink because that's the wrong attitude for it but it knows when it it, it no, understands that some things are just very funny about what's going on yeah oh. all right do we have any more to say about the blaine brothers nina forever i i have one critique Please. if i was going to complain about anything it would be that this movie might have the worst opening title cards of oh. scene. <laughs> they weren't good. That's oh what I God. mean. Like I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Is this gonna be bad? But then it wasn't. But yeah, it 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 the the opening of it very much is like a game of chicken it, I, and this is a movie like that I would like to look at again so that I wasn't worried it was gonna be not fun or not for uh-huh. me. And uh, I, yeah, it it was like, is this, am I gonna, is this gonna, no, no, it's good. Okay. Phew. All right. Now we can settle in and enjoy it. Now I don't remember. I, Cause I remember the opening scene as the accident that you're kind of like far away from kind of watching the aftermath of what, what happened with the credits? I just don't remember. They just look like 1998 PC games. Oh, okay. Like but this movie did have like wacky 90s font. energy, right? Like, it, it felt like yeah. a 90s movie in, a, in, like, a way that I can't really, uh, I can't give you more than that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it felt like a 90s movie to me. I mean, just, like, just how it is, like, just how it's earnest and the 
it's dark and there's that comedic element and there's this weird dark element and the soundtrack is just like it over the soundtrack overtakes it at Mm -hmm. times like in a really good way I don't know. It felt, I, I looked at I looked at my husband and I was like, "This feels like a '90s movie." And he was like, "Yep." And I was like, "Yeah," but like in a good way, like in a really like comforting way. You're thinking like early '90s or like post Scream '90s. I'm thinking early '90s. Yeah. I think. I think it's it's funny because we just we watched um, Psycho Four last night, which we'll have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> but it turned into this kind of conversation about like, oh, what year was it? It was 1990. This makes sense for 1990 because the thing from 1990 to about, I guess, 96 when Scream came out, horror just had no idea what it was, Yeah. right? Because slashers were over. And so you had this period of time where you actually, you do have some really good movies that came out in that time, but there was no unifying, like, you couldn't point to something and say, oh, this was the style. But you're, but, and that's why I think um, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Because it's like, it doesn't feel like anything in a way. It feels as if it was made not knowing necessarily who it was going to be sold to, not who it's made for. Cause I think it was made for people that wanted that like genre, but like want something challenging and want something interesting and want to be amused, but that it it's made in a way where like you, you know that they don't know who's ultimately going to sell this movie. Yeah. And I think that a little bit about that early nineties where you just, teenagers weren't really going to the movies anymore but adults still didn't really trust horror so you just kind of had the occasional attempt that hit but so many that just kind of went somewhere on a blockbuster shelf yeah it's a good it's a good i think it's a compliment to give the movie yeah awesome cool all right so i think we all highly recommend nina forever yes yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Cam. Saw a monster in the mirror when I woke up today. A monster in my mirror, but I did not run away. I did not shed a tear or hide beneath my bed. Though the monster looked at me and this is what he said. He said, Wubba, 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 woo, woo, woo. Wubba, 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 and a doodly doo. He sang, Wubba, 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 so I sang it too. Do not wubba me or I will wubba you. And we're back to talk about 2018's Cam, uh, directed by Daniel Goldhaber, uh, co-written by him, and I think it's Issa Masai, I think is how you say her name, based on one interview I just listened to, where they said her name that way. Um, So now, uh, Christine, do you want to give a synopsis? Um, Sure. Uh... So this movie is about a, a cam girl who is trying to improve her rankings and um, gets very ambitious. And I believe it is truly her ambition that leads to her, I guess, being copied by a internet virus that can be people. Look, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of what this is about. <laughs> 
Yep, there's a doppelganger. We don't exactly know what is powering. Apparently, in deleted scenes, we understand that, but in in the that would be so fascinating because this movie I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't know if I want to know, but there is a literal read of this movie, and there is a completely like internal read of this movie, and I don't know which one I want to be the real movie more. Like. I kind of am interested in if this has literally happened, but also I am fine with it. It's just uh, her manifestation, Alice's manifestation of what what camming has has wrought in her brain. Oh, so and, you think that there is a there a way to watch this movie where fake Lola is not actually a thing? I think so, but I don't think so. Okay. I, it's kind of like Nina Forever. I, the movie, while it's less explicit than Nina was, Nina Nina showed us bloody sheets. Nina right. showed us the aftermath and said, this is really happening. Look. And Cam, to a degree, does, but it also doesn't. Everything is very insular mm-hmm. and everything Fair. is very... I don't know. I think it's literal, but also this time, as I said, I wasn't... Uh, just a mess watching it the entire time (laughs) i was able to like look at the other stuff that it was saying and there's some there's some plot stuff that lines up in a way this is a very lynchian movie yeah Um, yeah totally so don't there's a bit of me that's like don't try to untangle it just let it exist as it is yeah i i love that we don't know i think it is smarter to do it that way there was apparently like there's a scene where she um i think like either goes to the like basically she finds a room full of computers i didn't need that and i think and smartly the movie said we don't need this that's not their way to go and i think that was actually something that um pissed off some people i think when you read some of the reviews and when you look at like some of the lower rankings of the movie i think some of the complaints were oh they don't they don't tell us it's this great mystery but then you know they don't reveal it yeah, exactly. Why do you need to know? Like, that's not, it's not about who's doing this. No, it's about everything else going on, but I don't care why this is happening. Um, to me, it's way more interesting just to see how is she, what does it say about her and how she's handling it? Yeah. So, Anthony, why did you pick this movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. For one thing. Um, it's... It kind of, I guess, kind of like Forever Nina or Nina Forever. I always forget which it is. <laughs> um, I don't, I can't really think of a lot of movies like this. Yeah. Like it, it, the situation, for one thing, is 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 uh, very unique in the fact that it's sex positive and it's actually written by someone. Uh, I recommend her memoir, by the way. I want to read it. it it's i've read like the first half i think what is it called again it's like uh she was a cam girl it's called cam or cam girl something like that yeah it's just like confessions of a cam girl or something um but like the i I guess since we're going into spoiler Mm -hmm. territory yeah we're telling uh, people if you haven't watched it watch it it's on netflix it's great watch it now we're talking about it uh the less you know the better so yeah go watch it totally Um, i really liked it by the end of the film, it's not a story about where, you know, sex work is bad. Let's leave it behind and move on. Yeah. Instead, you know, it, that's not the moral here. And like, it just, uh, it feels authentic. Um, and I think it has so many layers when it comes to just dealing with, you know, online communities uh dealing with you know a a parent when it comes to like 
being someone in front of them and then someone else, you know, when you're not around them hits very home with me. Mm. So, and, and just, uh, I can't say enough good about it. Madeline Brewer oh. is amazing oh. in it. She's so, much. she's so expressive, even when she's not like saying anything, like it's, it's great. She, she is somebody, um, who I think, like, already, I mean, she's fairly young, like, she, you know, we haven't seen her that much, but when you realize what you've seen her in, and you realize it's the same person, when you're like, oh, she's Janine in The Handmaid's Tale, oh, and she was in, um, like, oh, well, she's in Braid, like, she was in that she's episode of, of, um, I Black Mirror, like, Braid. you we should, we Braid. have really mixed feelings on it, Christine liked it much more than I did, but I, I you loved it, I, I can't, I think I hated it, but I also really respect <laughs> it, um, it's you. You should definitely watch it though. Everybody should watch Braid. I just if yeah. I watch it again, I might feel differently about it. I felt for me it was towing a line between artistic and pretentious, and I felt like it. it for me, it felt a little like ugh, we're trying we're trying so hard to be weird, and it's a little much. But I respect anybody seeing it as like no 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 it works. Totally get it. For me, it didn't. But if I watch it again, I might change my mind. Um, oh, she's in Hustlers. I forgot she's in Hustlers. Hustlers. Yeah. She she is so good. And Orange is the New Black. That's the other one where you completely um, oh, season one. Right. Remember, she's the blonde girl with the dreads who has a an unfortunate fate. She's Trisha. That's her name. And when you realize it's one of those actors that you have that moment every once in a while when you realize, oh, my God, that's the same person. And even in this movie, when you realize, oh, right, fake Lola and Alice and Alice Lola are all the same actor you realize just how good she is because she is acting against herself and giving two completely different performances and creating two completely different people. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. And she also like has to drive so much of this movie and so much of it rests on her (laughs) because she needs to be, it's, it's such a hard role because it's a, it's a profession and a character in a profession that, we have seen for years and years and years as being a victim or being right. Like when we think of the way movie treats, and I mean, Christine, you, you, I think have much more nuanced look at this than I do for me coming like from, I don't know, like not much of an education on anything sex work. When I see a character in a movie who is working in that profession, I immediately am used to her being there because she had no choice. Right, because yeah, oh, I'm that's, really that's... me. Representation in media matters because exactly. there are actually interesting, nuanced stories to tell about people in professions that we're not necessarily comfortable with or used to seeing. Yeah. I and I think that's why I like this so much because while it is about her camming, it's also about what she learns about herself through yeah. it. And mm-hmm. while sex work isn't for everyone, it's not something that needs to be universally demonized. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff uh, in it. You can extrapolate certain things. And um, so I'm, I don't know if I've outed myself on this show before, but I was a cam worker for of a while. I was full-time for six months. Like it was my only job. So, so I, uh, and then the doppelganger came and took it all away from you. <laughs> I w- but Bad that's what I support. mean. So like, this is like for real, like 
I was horrified to watch this. I was so fucking scared yeah. that it was going to be immensely triggering. And so like, even if it was good that I would be upset by it, but there's this thing that they do with the doppelganger. And I think looking at it as a literal doppelganger, like something Lynchian, there are doppelgangers and Lynch stuff, but also it's to, to maybe tell it a story about the other side of us. And, and, in a way, Alice, you know, obviously becomes two people while she is mm-hmm. doing this work. And not that, and, and I think the movie doesn't pass judgment on that. I think the movie understands that maybe we're all two people or multiple people that we, like Anthony said, we're different people to different people, like yeah. in our lives. And I think that something that really struck me on this watch around is when, so Alice is extremely ambitious. She yep. puts together these immaculate shows that are real that's that shit is fucking real and those girls exist and they are amazing and intimidating and fantastic and this this well this is a bit fantastical and elevated in a lot of ways um and I'll, i want to talk about the the violence that she does against herself mm. i think that that's interesting and, and kind of a different topic but she is doing these shows and she has these viewers and she has people tipping her and she is doing well. And then she gets so hungry for more that she kind of loses herself a little bit. And and I think the turning point for that watching it this time is when she agrees to do the, the Vibratron the, the vibrator show and she gives away a little piece of herself. It feels, and she breaks one of her rules, which is, which is faking, faking an pleasure. Yeah. Hmm. And, and she she breaks one of her rules, and that's when the split happens, like the the true split in the movie. Yeah. And it was so striking to me that Alice is watching this fake Lola, and she's so jealous, and she's so resentful, and she's so fixated by what this fake person is doing when she was always doing that like that's who she was but she got she took the step back and she almost like saw who she was being and was like mildly Hmm. resentful of it like who is this person because but it wasn't anything i that was the thing that really got me this time was because the first time i watched it i was like oh well this this doppelganger version is a bad version of her well it's it's not it's not doing anything mean or weird Mm -hmm. or different than what she was doing and i thought that was so interesting and oh, this movie is such a good movie. Yeah. And I'm gonna stop talking in one second. But the opening of the movie opens where where Alice does this this ridiculous gag where she pretends to slit her own throat. And I think that is very telling about the mob mentality that often happens in on the internet in general, but in these rooms, like a person is now goading this woman to hurt themselves, and people that were there for pleasure a minute ago now want to see carnage Mm -hmm. and and that is very real to me and that felt very real but there was also when she slit her throat and then it wasn't real it was almost like the movie that wasn't for the movie that was for the viewer that felt like this is a reclamation and i will choose how this body is used and it was so fucking weird and so Mm. cool i love this movie it's so good and it's so (laughs) On, even though, like you're saying, like it's Lynchian, like there's things you can pull, like they talk a lot when you read interviews with the writers, they, they talk about Black Swan and Whiplash and like all these random movies that were really influential. But it's also, uh, I mean, there is nothing, like there's a few that I, like you can make a list of, oh, if you like this, watch this. 
but this never this feels so original and like its own thing which is really cool when everybody that's made this movie has you know grown up watching a million movies like there's something it's really hard to to tell a new story and this one does yeah in so many cool ways that final showdown like tell me another horror movie that does something like that like it's so good and i think that's why there is that contingent out there that does that like like reviews i've read where it's like oh it's a great concept but then it kind of you know doesn't doesn't go anywhere in its ending or sort of has a confusing ending you're like no what it's a perfect ending like that ending is so perfect it's amazing yeah um but it's not traditional it's not what you watch this and you expect her to reveal what's causing this or her to you know kill her doppelganger or for the electricity to go out like there's a million ways um a a normal screenwriter would have had this go and this doesn't go that way because it's not that kind of a movie yeah um yeah it's uh there's the there's there's a lot there's so much that i like about this movie and you're right, this is one that benefits from that second watch because that first watch where you really have no idea where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many decisions, I think, within it that are interesting as far as um, just sort of like the, the the set is so specific, right? So Alice has her, like her, she's renting a home, and it's a normal house that's kind of like barely decorated. Like when you see outside of the rest of the rooms, it feels like it's like something this person hasn't figured out what they how they should live. And then she has her cam room, which is like pink and frilly and just, you know, not yeah. Alice at all. It's pure Lola. Um, and then when you go other places, they're very um, I forget where this is set, because every time she goes somewhere, She's going, like, to Arizona or somewhere, but it's, like, 300 miles away, right? So do we know for sure where this takes place? I don't... I don't know if I ever knew. Okay, and, but... And I'm... Yeah, I think I get what you're saying, though. Like, you, like when you're outside, like, it's never... Um, you never get, like, a nice landscape. Like, you, you don't get... All the other homes are very kind of bland-looking. Like, yeah. there's something about the the internet world that feels really fake but that has these like crazy splashes of color to everything else outside of it that's very blah and very like like i think it's easy to watch this movie as somebody who has no understanding of the of the cam world and say like why would somebody do this like she is clearly really smart really ambitious like oh what you know she could be studying to be a programmer she could be doing this or doing that and it does you do understand without ever like knowing much about cam like why why she is enjoying this and why this is rewarding to her and aside from financially fulfilling like she gets i mean the way any of us do ideally with our jobs like you get excited by being good at your job and she's so intent on being really good at her job, which you can you can understand without the cam reference or anything like that. You get why she's why she does what she does as as hard as she does. I think. Yeah, it's it's. I think a movie or a script that could have only been put together by someone who had yeah. intimate knowledge 
Um, the there's an I, int- oh go for it. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was um. There's an in, there's a podcast called Switchblade Sisters, which is yes. um. Do you, do you listen to Did you listen to the episode with Issa Mazai? Uh, I I don't I don't think I have. You I, have to I find it. So listen to it when I when I was working in an office that I didn't want to talk to people in. <laughs> um, <laughs> dig this episode up. It's her talking about Jennifer's body. Uh, oh, cool. Which is so great because that's a good I like. Seen that. <gasps> You have to Crazy, Jennifer's body. Oh my god. Um you yeah. Save, you saving it for a special occasion. I understand. <laughs> I, I am actually waiting for that 4K Blu-ray with all the stupid special features, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I'm a material boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh man. I mean that's a movie that is such an interesting stamp on on horror and on the people making horror and what you know, making something for one audience and it being marketed to another audience and also working in humor and sex in a movie that is normally goes out to an audience that expects sex to be interpreted one way only and for one purpose only. Um, and so it's really interesting to hear her, her discuss that movie because you can see like why she would have so much to say about it. But one of the um, tidbits she talks about, well, there's two things that she talks about in that, in that episode that I thought were really interesting to rewatching this one. Uh, one is that, um, like, in regards to, um, I guess, just with the like sexuality of it, is that when they first would like show the movie out, people would say, "Oh, there, like, there's really not much nudity in it." She's like, "Yes, there is. Like, there's nudity throughout the movie. You just don't realize it because we're not making a thing of it. Like, yeah. we're, you know, it's there's nudity because she's doing cam." And it makes sense for her to be nude right now or to not be nude right now. But you're not like they're not sexualizing the nudity. So you don't think of how often you see it because it's done really naturally. And apparently like the way they filmed it was basically like Madeline Brewer would say like it was her decision every scene every day. She'd be like, I'm going to take my top off or I'm not going to take my top off. Like, I want to show something. I don't want to show something. Like, they basically said, like, okay, it's, it's really your choice. Like, you're going to dictate it better than anyone else. Um, which is, you know, really an interesting way of making a film and not one that you normally would get. And the other thing that I thought was really cool to hear. Um, so, uh, Isa Mazai had the director... Like, she convinced him to cam for a while, like, to try it so that he would get, like, a whole perspective on it. And so he did. He did it for a couple of weeks. Um, and he said to her one day, he's like, yeah, it's like, he's like, it's exhausting. It's really hard. Yep. He's like, and I don't understand why people keep, like, they really want me to do things for free. Yep. And she's, she's <laughs> like, yes, welcome to the past 25 years of being a woman. Like, that's then, what we get all the time. Some of the nicest people I ever met were other people who cammed, especially men, when they were camming or after they did, they would take their money and go give it to the girls. Like that's how they would pay for their own experience. I've never dealt with more uh, respectful, kind people, honestly, because it really does this, this pure objectification and and it's objectifying objectifying but you know i am the subject i've chosen to place myself here i am the chosen subject but people will come into your space and try to make you an object and i think that um that a a man specifically not to generalize all men obviously but a, a hetero man who is used to making women an object 
whether it's a thought a thoughtful process or not, then being being forced into that a similar role by yeah. viewers that you didn't mm-hmm. necessarily consent to have make you that teaches you something. It is yeah. it is I think a, a is akin to a getting a man called regularly as you can get like it puts them on a playing field that is more equal to a female experience than i've you know that i've i don't know it, it was just really interesting and it's it, it it changes people's perspectives i think that how it's okay people think it's okay to treat you mm. like, yes it's it's wild and like have you ever treated somebody like that now you know how it feels it's awful it's fucking yeah. awful um how what was however much you want to talk about it or not talk about it, Christine, what was the like mood of the room? What were, you know, what was your thoughts on the people that were in the room tipping or not tipping and talking and not talking? What did you kind of learn from that? Or um, just curious about that side of it. For, for me personally, or, or the way it was portrayed in this film. No, I would ask you, uh, you just coming from your own experiences, if you were comfortable talking about that or not. Oh, yeah. Like, it, my rooms were great and fun, and I just talked about movies and comic books. So the people that would see, come see me regularly wanted to talk about the things that mm. I wanted to talk about. Um, and also, they were terrible and mm. mean and uh, called me fat and said that I should die. And, like... Uh, you know, it's truly a mix of uh, all things. <laughs> um, but the Twitter. overall, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because because similar like this, the way they had which what's interesting in this movie is the interface that they had for the rooms w- could look like anything. It could look like Chatterbait or My Free Cams. It could look like any. It looked like every mm-hmm. campsite. So it was that was very authentic, and you get a mix. Like the names are different colors, at least in my experience, okay. and that shows. If they can tip, how much they've tipped, how mo- or how much they can tip, or if they're just gray with no profile, it means they don't, they didn't buy anything to give to you. Mm, so they're basically okay. freeloaders. Um, and oh, a lot of those freeloaders would be the people that would come in and, and be awful. Makes sense. So like you could set parameters in rooms where you wouldn't allow people that couldn't tip you in, but also it is a hustle. So you want. The more sure. people viewing, the higher up you get. Now, Alice's numbers were weird. It was like 392 people. Like, my my experience is like, you need like 20,000 people. <laughs> There's that <laughs> many people using cam? This is so, because I know nothing about this. Like, the idea that there's that many people, like, in a random room, because she's one of hundreds, right? And I, that, I almost got up to 10,000. My God, I don't know 10,000 people. But I don't either. <laughs> I don't know 10,000 people either, but 10,000 people knew me. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Well, I guess, like, so... how much How much is it to be on the other side of camming? To be the person that goes into a room and is tipping? Like, it, it can be really expensive. Yeah. So a coin, I think, for me, was five cents, like, if you gave me a coin, you gave me five cents. Okay. But it wouldn't be five cents for you to buy it. For you to buy, I don't know. Why would I know this? If you wanted to buy, like, 100 coins, I don't know how much it would cost you. $100? I don't know. $150? But I don't, but, like, that wasn't how much I got. So, so it, it costs money. And, and if you want attention, you have to give me money. 
<laughs> I truly the way it should yeah, be everywhere. Totally. If you want to interact with me, give me things. Um, <laughs> That's but, Christine, the, the Venmo. I'll do it later on tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> but people could be could, people could be very generous. And when, when Alice talked about she thinks she might finally have her whale – like, that's no fucking joke. If you find mm. somebody that's willing to throw that much money at you, like, that that that, that could be your rent paid. Well, and- I guess I'm thinking of, like, and again, this is my literal, literal little heterosexual girl um, view of it, where all I know about camming is basically, like, when you've gotten an internet virus or when you click on the wrong thing <laughs> and you get ads about camming. <laughs> And they're all like silicon breasted women. And like, that's always wow. what my thought on camming was, was like, oh yeah, I guess it's just for the, for like, you know, those guys out there that don't want to go out that like, this is how they, um, you know, get off on a Friday night. Like it's such, I, I don't know that I ever really understood until I saw this movie. And this was, I saw this movie, I guess like, probably two years ago and kind of realized like, oh no, like there's a lot more to it than I knew. And it's just so interesting that this entire world I didn't know about. Yeah. It, 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 like, so in the movie Shame, um, there's a, Michael Fassbender has a relationship with a girl on cam and she is very much what you just described. Okay. I think that's how we want to make all sex workers look. Yeah. Like is, is blonde with fake boobs yep. and perfect bodies but but i think when you actually get into like looking at porn and sex work and in camming who is camming you see that it is normal people mm-hmm. and i think that that the more we understand that it, the, the less threatening we find it because yeah. you can literally find yeah. someone that looks like you that people are giving money to can you fucking believe that like you know <laughs> what what I, like, it, it's a lot. It does wild things with your confidence. I can tell you I that. I can see that. Like, like, I have very low self-esteem, but I cannot deny the fact that my bills got paid. So I don't know yeah. what that says. Like, I remember, I mean, probably now about, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago when, like, um, uh, like stripper pole exercise dancing became a thing. Right. When it was like, oh, this is something that, um, you know, we've always watched women do that. Now you can do it at home. Now there's videos on it. And now, like, instead of book club, we're going to learn how to pole dance. Like when that sort of became mainstream. And I guess this would be like and, and I'm sure that was one of those like wildly like misunderstood things that sort of trickle down. Um, but I guess. Like, that's where um, the, just that there are, I don't know, some of it kind of gets brought out to the main world and others don't. And I think, like, camming is still not that known. There was a Law & Order SVU episode about it this season. Oh, God. Um, that treat, <laughs> but that was the thing, like, and it was so funny to watch because it was like, oh, because it felt very much of, oh, now this is sort of being, um, an, like, understood a little bit better because when SVU is doing something and of course of course like you you can tell okay what do you think the story is <laughs> you know what the story is a girl's doing a cam show and somebody knocks on the door and rapes her on camera and it's like oh no but that's what was part of the show right no it wasn't but yet the episode actually yeah, treats it not... yeah this... I know. I'm sure and, and, that, and that's the thing though because because and that's why Cam, this movie is 
great uh, because of the destigmatization. It's not just it's ju- not just capitalizing on something that's happening that a lot of people are doing yep. for survival. It's which sounds like the SVU thing, like hot topic. Let's talk about it. But this movie like shows what it actually is. It's a yeah. job and it takes yeah. time and it takes effort and it consumes her every waking hour. It, it, it it's not, pe- people had said to me, it's easy money. It's not. People had said to me, it doesn't get taxed. It does. Sure. Um, yeah. Like people don't understand. So I think just showing it, kind of like you were saying with pole dancing that just just showing it adds to the hierarchy which yeah. is believing that you are better than someone who is doing a similar thing yep um i think you, to destigmatize it is to truly explain and get clarity on what it is yeah so that people understand because because there i mean the same goes for porn for camming for only fans now mm-hmm. i was people, thinking about that yeah People think it's this easy money that they can just make and run away. Like, mm-hmm. I never paid more taxes than the year that I did this. Hmm. I got <laughs> fucking raked over the coals. I got, they they took my taxes and then they came back and said, uh-uh, you owe more. Jeez. It, it was, it, it's no joke. And they, they will Damn. shut down your bank account. They will take away your social media. They, they, they will freeze your PayPal. Like, you, you can't exist in this realm without being discriminated against and 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 I, I presenting it without all that knowledge is 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 awful yeah and and i i think this this is deals with more the emotional stuff um there are some financial ramifications obviously like like alice got to a point where she was successful enough to to get this house yeah that's fucking to buy like a four thousand dollar couch right you know yes and you know how many girls on these sites are like nouveau riche like this like they will go they will have their own space for the first time in their life they will be able to acquire their own things and i think the state of her apartment that her room is so immaculate her camming room is so beautiful and so immaculate and everything else is kind of in progress shows how serious she's taking this work this Mm -hmm. is work yeah and 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 i and when fake alice takes over she loses her income yeah like that's fucking crushing yeah well and i think there there's a few more things in there um to mention one is the way when kind of her identity is revealed Right. And it's something that some people knew, like her brother knew. And, and I really like that. I don't think I realized that the first time, but that her brother was fully aware that like she would talk to her brother about it in a way of like, oh, look what I did last night. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Um, and her brother was really cool with it until like, and I don't even know that he was um, the first reveal, right? Is that it comes out at her brother's birthday party and her mother didn't know um, and that they find out kind of in front of everybody and that the brother who already knew, but that now his friends are kind of teasing him about it. Um, but then later, I mean, the, the brother gets kind of dragged into it a little more because they show fake Lola or Lola 2 shows his picture on the cam. Um, but then by the end, when Alice goes back to her mother to see her, um, the conversation her mother has with her where she's like, oh, I I've never saw this part of you. Like, it's actually really cool (laughs) and that's interesting because i was never thinking of it i think as um i think to christine's point earlier that 
is Lola too still Alice? Like, is this just still part of her? And is she seeing, is she just seeing herself kind of from a different point? But the, when she has that conversation with her mom and her mom is like, I've, this is, I've never, I didn't know you could do this. Like, it's actually really impressive. And Alice is saying, well, no, that's not me. Um, what did you make of that? I guess. Cause I, I guess I took it very on its nose, but maybe there's more to that. Well, I think up, I think up until almost the end, and maybe even the end, you could choose to read it literally or not. I think that you, in that scene you can as well, like because Alice on cam is still Alice, but she, the voice is affected and the cheerfulness is, and that was how she was at the beginning yeah. before this split happened. So for her mother to say like, "You're so confident, and I'm impressed. You're good at this." I think maybe a bit of that is Alice under underselling herself and undervaluing herself. And she's like, it's not me. I get what she's saying. It's literally not me. But her, the way I think it's telling that the way her mom hears it is like, that's not really me. It's all put on. Yeah. It, it is her, even if she's putting it on something that she's capable of. And I don't know. It, it, that, that was really handled well too. Mm -hmm. Watching it the first time you're worried. Yeah. You know, what is this? What is this woman going to say? Mm -hmm. Like, this is awful. This is terrible. This is this is the fear. And it's so it's really wholesome in a way. Yeah. The, mov the movie tr t takes the fear. The fear is that the people that respect you would find out and not respect you. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, so the like family scene when when she gets out, it yeah. is like so horrifying. It's awful. And, and but her mom is like so nice. And it's really like, oh, thanks movie you didn't you didn't you didn't hurt her you didn't hurt this character this character's going through enough don't yeah don't do this yeah, yeah. and thank you for giving this mother enough credit to like a woman this age from this generation mm. could be like understanding mm -hmm. it was nice yeah yeah i love the last scene um which is Again, it's just surprising because you, you don't think it's going there, right? You think she's going to kill Lola too and, and be done and walk away, but she doesn't want to walk away. And and her mom's like, all right, cool. I'm going to help you. I'm really good at makeup. Let's do this, which is sweet. Yeah, it's reclamation, man. She's reclaiming. Yeah. Just like that opening scene is a reclamation of her body. It's also it's also information about what this movie is not going to be because you think like, I was worried like this movie is going to be yeah. about terrorizing a girl on cam. This yeah. movie yeah. is going to be about the terrible things that will be perpetrated against this character simply because she chose to do this. And that first scene feels like it. Well, and like, it's playing on that, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's yeah. the, you know, the, the, the chat room is getting progressively more into violence, right? And saying, yeah. no, put, put it in, put it in your vagina or whatever it was like, use the knife, use the knife. And you're like, Oh, oh, this is like, oh, do I want this? And I, I think it's actually a really deliberate, subversive opening that it plays on that. It plays on, oh, you, you're so used to when a hot young woman is sexualized and put in this position and there are men around her, we know what we're getting. We're getting these men ultimately causing violence on her. And it's mm -hmm. like, nope, rug pull. Yeah. Here we go. That, completely deliberate, in my yeah. opinion. That was... A complete subversion of expectations because you're getting the sex worker movie. So, of course, yep. it's going to end poorly. Maybe this this is even the main character. Maybe this girl, maybe it's a yep. cold open where this person kills themselves and now it's about 
a bunch of other girls killing themselves on camera. Like, nope. Nope, not about that at all. She completely controlled that. That was her. She played everybody. And it felt... I I got a little teary-eyed this time. (laughs) Like, I I cried at that. It was so fucking powerful to me. That, like, yep, this this is hers. She controls this. This is her room. Truly, that was written by someone who who understood their space mm-hmm. yeah and and i don't know i i'm glad the whole movie was that aware because yep. that level of awareness is it was surprising to me yep and that the men are so um unimportant and not powerful and right because you kind of have two i guess main male characters you have uh tink is that it tinker, tinker right yeah. tinker who knows stuff right who who could be the guy to give her information that she needs and she like and i love when she calls him out on it she's like you knew this was happening to me you but you didn't say anything because you wanted to save me and i and i love it's like just yeah exactly and you can't (laughs) and also even if you could at this point she's not gonna let you because she doesn't need you um and then we must talk about barney just because (laughs) that that restaurant scene is so great (laughs) the how how smart she is at playing him for one thing um because to see her uh and and this is something also again that's something i don't know is the the real life aspect of it right because it seems like if she's in a, a can in a in a room and camming she has complete power and and is fully in charge of the situation once you take that into real life to me that's always terrifying and something else could happen but that so much of what she needs to get out of him, she is able to do. She is, and had she not been um, so terrified for other reasons, like, I feel like it wouldn't have ever been a worry that, oh, she would have gotten everything she needed out of Barney and called it a day and gotten, like, a free meal out of it. But um, even with all of the tension knowing somebody is out to steal her life, she is still able to find out pretty much everything she needs to get out of him in that restaurant scene. Uh, well, I don't want to shock anybody, but men are extremely easy to play given the right circumstances. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure girls meet up with people all the time. But a lot of the girls I knew and know who cam have um, a lot of anxiety Makes sense. or other, um, you know, sure. unseen disabilities, as as we say. Um, I don't. I don't know anybody that's ever wanted to mm-hmm. <laughs> not even could but wanted yeah. to meet up with anybody makes sense keep, keep that keep that world as far away as possible kind of stuff but like um something that barney ta- mentions is is like he did a date raffle and he won a date raffle like that is a real thing mm-hmm. um that some of the more popular girls would would do the raffles and stuff um but yeah, i i I, I I appreciate that she was like she just used it as a resource. She's a very mm-hmm. resourceful character. Yep. Um, and I did have to appreciate Barney's uh, meal order, right? The big boy burrito bowl, but hold <laughs> hold anything that's gonna make me shit. <laughs> right? No sour cream, no dairy, no beans. You know, uh, I secretly wished that that was Michael Ironside in that oh, part. Oh, be still my heart. But the guy who who plays Barney does a good job though. Oh my! Uh, yeah, it's very accurate, but also m- manages to be elevated and slightly fantastical. So that's a fun thing to pull off too. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, 
I don't know. I'm just thinking of how many ways this could have gone wrong and could have gone typical. And, um, and it just, it's so exciting when a movie, uh, just in terms of like originality surprises you, but also you go back to it and see all of these things that are so strong about it. And so, um, just, uh, educational in a sense. And, really respect and understand a world that most of us haven't seen and seems to really take care to make sure that we see it um, from, from a different perspective and from, I think an insider perspective. Um, it's, it's, I, I mean, there are many a people and I'm one of them who will walk away saying like, okay, I, I know this is, this isn't the village voice ads for, you know, um, for what sites to go to the ones that, you know, you get if you click on the wrong thing on your computer. Like this is actually a whole world of complete business and art and everything else. And it respects that. And you, and it puts it out there in a really, uh, really cool way. That's also scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthony, do you have any other thoughts, takeaways, favorite things about this? Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many little like touches that are nice. Like, I, I appreciated the realistic dollar store shopping. Yes. He doesn't, you know, shop at a dollar mm-hmm. store that way uh, by just throwing everything into your cart and so forth. <laughs> um, I did want to mention that Isa actually has a ton of cameos in this. Uh, and, the, you know, first time I watched it, I didn't know what she looked like. Uh, but she, I think she plays one of the cameras named Winter. Uh, so you see her throughout the movie. She's she's always she's popping one of up the when... little corner. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really I, fu- it's really funny. I think I knew that, but I didn't know who or where I should be looking. I should yeah. I should have looked into it before the last time. Well, she has a really good Instagram account, and I've been following her for a while, and so I you know I've gotten used to her face. So I was like, oh, hey, that's her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, just I mean everything we talked about, like. Uh, I have a couple of friends uh, who who do OnlyFans, you know, and, and so like I was talking to him about this, and uh, like just just like you were saying, Christine, about you know showing that these are just like everyday people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and not going into that. Obviously, there's the uh, there's the possibility that Barney or Tinker might you know, try to put some kind of harm on her, but that's not where like the terror comes from for the majority of the movie. Um, You know, like I said, that family outing scene, I think is the most horrific scene in the movie for me. Just the way it, you know, it's going to happen. Like you you see it coming uh, and you're just like, so you feel so terrible for her because there are so many, you know, like friends and family around. Yeah. And you're just waiting for that, uh, that terrible, like, you know, disowning scene or something mm-hmm. like that, which, you know, you, you see in a lot of like queer cinema and stuff like that. Um, and just like queer cinema, it's nice to see us not get that for once. Like, yeah. you know, the mom comes out as supportive, uh, at the end and, uh, it's, it's, it's great. I love it. And, and, you know, it's, it doesn't take that dark, nasty turn either, you mm-hmm. know, that you kind of almost expect it to at the end. 
Um, it would have been so easy to do it, right? Oh How God, many movies no. have we watched where the final scene is just going to be like Lola looking right at us saying like, will you tip me or something? And then you just know yeah. that's it, right? Um, yeah, because like I've been watching, I've been catching up on a lot of found footage movies. Oh, like, God. <laughs> and which I have a hate-love relationship with. with. Yeah, I'm with you. I watched, I think it was The Host or host that one that everybody was like mm-hmm. really like yeah about. yeah the, the zoom one yeah and sorry unfriended is still Did the you... unfriended of... is so I much better host either yeah oh my god it was like well i don't get it people really like it man you know i wonder if unfriended had come out during the pandemic if people would have been talking about that the way they talked about host unfriended is a fucking masterpiece it's good. Sorry. yeah i like unfriended i really do like just how they pull it off with, with like yeah. on a technical level alone yep. is incredible like it's and they actually got like the licenses for all that stuff like it <laughs> it with you it's know book face for once or excited uh about product placement but uh <laughs> but it just makes it more realistic so yeah the um, the the boom of um that's right because found footage kind of turned into uh internet call horror i guess in a way mm-hmm. and so many of them are really me- i mean the den is another one that also is, has that it. the den is sim um came out around the t- same time as unfriended it has some similarities it's meaner uh, unfriended i think is kind of mean but it's oh it is yeah it, but it's like i think the difference to I realized this recently. I was look. I was watching a movie on Amazon, and then I was looking at all the movies that were recommended to me on Amazon Prime, and all of them have the same first sentence, or like the first same sentence structure, which is six friends get together to dot dot dot, <laughs> and either it's like six friends go camping and get murdered, six friends are in an elevator and get murdered, six friends walk down the street together and get murdered and i realized like what an algorithm that is for me because that is and i'm like you know what in truth like i i added every one of them to my queue whereas then when there was one that was like a woman thinks somebody i'm like oh no 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 give me i want to kill a bunch of young teenagers exactly you gotta have that cannon fodder totally and it's a then it's a different mood and the den is the reverse of that because the den it's like this one woman um who is being uh you know video conference targeted and it's it's very dark and very very mean but it's it's well done it's better than host but a lot of things are better than host it's better than host it's not great but it's it feels early in the cycle yeah now so that cements it in an interesting place because now that we've hit host like it's now i feel like we came full circle and like okay well we've done it we've done all the configurations and all the 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 budget levels and we're okay but now we're never it's never going to stop we're this is going to happen for the rest of our lives now we're going to get it'll get replaced by zoom me well okay really because before it was like are you an internet weirdo that likes to talk to your weirdo friends far away here's a movie for you but now everybody is doing video calls now we're gonna have to see like some like the movie that someone's grandma would want to see about video calls (laughs) you know you say that but you know what we didn't have this year a hallmark christmas movie filmed as a video conference call 
No way. Yeah, the, no. The, truly, they missed. They I, missed so I can't believe they didn't do it. I was so excited for them to do it. Because I'm like, it's so easy. Like, oh, somebody stumbles upon the wrong Zoom room. And then, you know, romance ensues. Like, it would have been so easy to do. But there were there was none. Like, I don't think any of them actually even. There was, there was like, one that was, like, or there was a few that were filmed with precaution. But there was no actual reference of anything. And on one hand, that makes sense. Because the whole point of those movies is that, like, you know, think of happy muffins instead of anything bad in the world. Sure. But on the other, like, it's current. It would have been really easy to do, and there was none. So, I don't know. But then again, that was a year ago. At this, or, or the one they were filming them was a year ago. So, I don't know. I, I think the Zoom horror movie, I hope, is short-lived. Because there's not much more you can do with them. I, I agree, see. but that's never stopped anybody before. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just thinking we might cycle out of it. Like, it, you know, we we cycled through found footage, which kind of turned into the internet horror. Internet horror will always be around, but I don't know that every one of them has to be a Zoom horror. I hope. I'm just good on seeing a movie where one of the victims is wearing a a face filter of a funny <sighs> animal. Yep. Running around screaming in terror. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't yeah. think that works. No, 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 no. I think the first time maybe I ever saw it used, it was, oh, and and I saw it once and I never need to see it again. I think yeah. it was like 15 minutes in Host where someone's running around with like a cat yep. face and it's just like, what am I supposed to be feeling here? Yeah, and it's only like, an, <laughs> like it, what is that movie, like 58 minutes? And still, yeah. Yes, it felt like two hours, but I'll, I'll stop dumping on Host. Um but I think, uh, yeah, I, I love the sex positivity of this. And I, I think if there's one thing that I would say is that I, I do feel that her choice to accept homemade cookies I from agree. some of her watchers was, was a bad idea. Don't do that. That surprised me. That's a bad life choice. Yes. But, yes. but the girls used to send baked goods to the guys. That was like a thing, oh, and wow. I say, and I huh. say, guys, be, but I'm sure there were also female viewers, mm-hmm. not in my life, but I'm sure that that happens to other people. But like, but for the most part, it's all men. Um, but yeah, they would they would like raffle off. Raffles were so big when mm. I was doing it, which was probably around the time that this was getting written. Mm. Um, and it makes sense because it's an easy way to get tips, yep. right? Yep, you buy huh. raffle tickets. Yeah. Give me two hundred tokens, and you can have a raffle ticket. And Smart. then maybe I don't know, but like, and I'll send you cookies I baked, which is so, which is just a bridge too far for me. But a, <laughs> a, a lot. Look, you can see my vagina, but I am not baking you cookies. <laughs> this is where we. This is where we set our own boundaries, yes. um, which is what I love. But I thought that I. I wondered if that was like kind of a version of. Of, of that without getting super into it in the movie because it felt very out of place to me like <laughs> yeah. like why would she Cause accept she, those yeah because she was very trusting and very sweet well but she had her she had her rules right she wouldn't say i love yeah. you she wouldn't um what were the other her, she had three rules i i won't fake an orgasm i won't say i love and you I'll do, I'll do whatever i say i'm gonna do right i right, don't right. break promises and, yes. and that's funny because when she breaks the first rule is when there's the split. And then all of a sudden, fake Alice keeps saying, I love you. Yeah. I love you all. So, like, she keeps saying it. And then at the end, they use the third rule, which is I, I don't break promises on cam. 
against the AI or whatever the virus mm. or whatever it is. I thought that was really interesting. It was tight script writing, in my opinion. Like yep. you introduced these things that actually, like played into future revelations and, and plot points. And I thought, I thought that was really mm-hmm. elegantly done because, and because it's cool. And I like that she, she's so serious and she's like, I'll eat these cookies from strangers, but I won't say I love you. <laughs> like there's, there's this really like this boundary setting that maybe doesn't make sense to us, but makes perfect sense to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fairness, I, I like cookies. If you give me cookies, I'm going to eat them. Yeah. I, and I, there was, oh my gosh. So that one, one of the last things I'll say at one point, like she's watching fake Lola and she's like, my, um, POX doesn't work. And I was like, this thing is nefarious because like if she was going to her PO box and now this fake thing is saying not to send things to her PO box, mm-hmm. completely hijacked all of her stuff. Yeah. It made me upset. Yeah. That's and that's I, I, like, <laughs> that's the thing that I've always like. Again, I have obviously no experience camming, but I have such a fear of um, somebody stealing my identity or being doppelganged. Like I have a rule with my husband and I can't, can't, can't tell you the thing, but the rule is like if I ever act weird, he has to ask me one question that I've given him an answer to so that he knows if I answer it the wrong way that I have been body swapped or stepfooted or something because it's just such a fear of mine of somebody thinking something just like that I don't know like I'm not somebody that cares much about what other people think but I would absolutely hate for somebody to think I'm think somebody else is doing things that I would never do or or saying things I would never say and all that but but that's part of the I think that's part of Alice's fear because this fake version of her goes into her real bedroom yeah oh yeah and like completely defiles her 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 personal space she has she has such well-drawn boundaries yep. and the fake version of her shows a picture of her fucking brother <sighs> and that i think is is such the breaking point for her because it, it, she has been all of her personal space has been removed like it was one thing when when i wasn't in the driver's seat but now you're coming into my actual world yep. and fucking thing because the reason she gets outed at the party is because fake look Oh, Christine, you're dropping off. Like a exhibitionist. Oh, sorry, am I here? Hello. You're here. I think so. Yes. Hi. Okay. Fake Lola. Hi. Fake Lola does an exhibitionist cam show that gets that goes viral, which is something that real Lola wouldn't do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's just a weird again Lynchian implications. Mm-hmm. Like, is your shadow self really you? Like, who is in the driver's seat doing these things? Yeah. I don't well, know. That whole idea of someone being in your house is very lost highway, as we were talking yes, about. Yes, right? Yes, I don't know that I I didn't pick up on that shit the way that I did until this recent watch, because I just kept waiting for it to be hurtful or upsetting. Mm-hmm. And, and what, because I knew it wasn't, I could look around and be like, her, imagine that fear of like watching someone walk down your hallway on camera and like... Are, Am I going to walk through the door? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's yeah. so Oh, my so God. Scary. I'm just imagining, like, Mookie jumping on my doppelganger's lap, and that would just, that'd be the straw. <laughs> that'd be it. That'd be the last straw. Nope. You can take a lot from me. You scary. can't take it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I and scarier when you, when you don't know, ultimately, why. Um, yeah. This is such good stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
I remember when I watched it because I mean this any Netflix and this is a Blumhouse I think. Yeah, um, surprisingly. It, it is surprising. I think I think this was officially like the first movie that had any woman in uh, maybe any female writer for Blumhouse because mm. I think Black Christmas was the first aside from the Into the Darks. Black Christmas was the first theatrical or first film um, with a female director. So this might have been the first with a female writer, maybe. Um, yeah, and, and it's, I mean, this it makes sense that this was not theatrical, just because I think it, again, too, too weird to really market effectively. I think you would have had mm-hmm. too many of the people that expected more boobs and didn't get them or just didn't get the movie that they might have expected from a, the you know, the one-line synopsis. Um, but when this came out on Netflix, there was a lot of conversation about it, which again, it's one of the good, like Netflix is also a very two-sided, two-headed giant, if you will. Um, but when, when a movie comes out and they want to push it, they push it hard enough that a lot of people watch it, which is always a good thing. So I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people did watch this, even the same people that might not have normally watched a movie like this, you know, it was shoved down their throats because that's what Netflix does. Um, and hopefully it it gave them something. Hopefully it taught, like, A, it gave them a good horror movie, but also maybe, you know, even like me, like, opened up their world a little bit more, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's so good. It's very good. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we have any more to say about Cam? I don't think I, so. I don't. I think I've said my piece. I will say that I did notice this time that the uh, actor who plays uh, evil, the evil Princess X, that that's the lead from the uh, Love Witch. I still have not watched the Love Witch. I'm not going to say anything about it because I'm. I recently learned that there's apparently some uh, gray areas with that movie. So. Yeah, it's one that. Um... And that filmmaker is very divisive, I know, and is very outspoken. Um, And I I remember when it came out, and I mean, usually I kind of jump on anything genre made by women because I want to see it and want to support it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't get around to it. And then it just became like this sort of lightning rod of a movie and of a filmmaker. Um, Christine, have you seen it? I haven't. Um, I've seen... uh another Annabelle R movie that I did like. Um, but I, I don't, I, I've been told multiple times by people that I don't necessarily trust that it is a movie for me. Mm. So that has put me like, it's really tough when somebody's like, <laughs> you'll love this. I don't, will I, this is really going to be like a, temp- <laughs> we're going to take a temperature on how well you think you know me here. Yeah. But um, I didn't know she said, she said or did anything divisive. Well, I didn't know either till recently, and I haven't watched the whole movie, but for some reason, it's one that me and a couple of friends would always turn on, because visually, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and the costumes are all handmade, apparently, and the the lead is really great, and it syncs up to uh, several recent uh, music albums, so it's just <laughs> fun to throw on. So I'm kind of sad to hear that there's some maybe some darkness behind it i don't know <laughs> yeesh yeah i, I maybe feel, i won't yeah. look it up so 
Yeah, that, I mean that's that's one way to live, and sometimes it's a good way. <laughs> it's it's funny because like I think I said it before, like my husband's not on, goes back and forth on social media, and was was on for like ten minutes and then was off again. And there are some things in life, and I can't remember what it was recently, but it was some movie we're gonna put on, and I was like, oh, you're okay with watching this, even though? And he was like, what? I'm like, oh, you know nothing. How nice to live in that world. <laughs> like, how nice to not have to hear about like Woody Allen and Mira Farrow stuff. Like, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. good place. <laughs> oh. Yeah, interesting. I, I I should watch it just to have an opinion because I I don't know. There's those movies that pile up where you just feel like you're not allowed to be in the conversation until you watch them. And one of yeah. these days, yeah. Um, but if anybody has not seen Cam by now, obviously, please do. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, just some wonderful decisions and great performance and all that stuff. And Madeline Brewer should be in everything. Uh, I cast her a lot when I read now. Like, I put her, like, so often. I'm like, oh, I need a, a woman of this age. Madeline Brewer. So. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, having said that, before we leave everybody, uh, why don't we give some other recommendations if we have any streaming recommends? I know I have one. Uh, Anthony, do you, did you come up with anything for the final? Yeah, um, I recently watched His House on <gasps> Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I'm and scared. I really liked it. Uh, I it has a lot of unique qualities. Uh, the one of, it has one of the main actors from uh, Love Lovecraft County. Oh, who? or is it country? Co- I county always do the country. same thing. I can never remember. I think it's country, but I'm not sure. I think it's country. Um, okay. who? Which character on Lovecraft Country? Uh, one of the more complex ones. I, I I'm sad. Sadly, don't remember what her character name is. But have you guys seen both seen it? I have seen Lovecraft Country. Half of it, but I dipped. Um, I I watched all of it. You didn't like it? It gets way better as it goes. Like, I think uh, episode five or six, which she's like a main part of, is one of the coolest episodes I've ever seen. Uh, It goes into like some Jekyll and Hyde kind of transformation stuff that is like special effects wise is fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, uh it's it's a movie <laughs> about these this couple uh in the UK. Oh, it's Ru- the sister. Mm. The right, the sister on Lovecraft. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I love her. Yeah. Uh and it's I won't, I can't say too much about it without spoiling it, but basically they they uh they're immigrants uh and they get saddled with this little house that's like a fixer-upper and things start to get weird uh and it's really good it came out in 2020 so it's relatively new as well um i heard about it from faculty of horror which is another great great podcast Mm -hmm. and i think they're actually doing cam i think on their most recent episode but i haven't listened yet so anybody that all i know a lot a lot of people who probably listen to us listen to them and they should because they're wonderful Mm -hmm. um but they were talking about it too and said it was like their favorite movie of the year uh is this a the question i always ask christine is this a i need to turn the lights out and watch it in one sitting kind of movie yeah okay but i i rarely I always watch a movie in one sitting, or I just don't because my you're memory smart. is so terrible that no, that's I have good. To do it that way. It also <laughs> means you're giving like the movie the respect that it should have, and well, it builds atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and this is a very atmospheric film, so yeah. I would say yes. Okay, yeah, then it's I on thought. my list for a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Yeah, nice. Ah, uh, Christine, what uh, what are you recommending? I honestly don't really have anything. 
Um, I don't know where we watch anything anymore. Movies just kind of <laughs> show up in front of my face. But I did recently watch uh, 9 to 5 and Big Business. Nice! Oh, nice. Oh. Like, almost almost back-to-back. And one's on Disney Plus and one's on Hulu. Big I Business believe. is on Disney Plus, and I think 9 to 5 is on Hulu. On uh, Hulu. So there you go. Those are available, and I just I just put them in my face. Had you watched... never seen them before? I had, but when I was little. Okay. Those were, like, they were always on when I was younger, especially um, Big Business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I hadn't seen them as like a grown person. Uh, it was definitely a different experience, but I love big business. That movie is wild. Um, Bette Midler's style in big business. Oh my God. I want to raid her closet. And the best thing is like, she's like my shape and height. So I think I could wear everything <laughs> she wears in that movie. Off. I could totally pull it off, but it is such a stylish movie. It, it, it's one of those, like, I mean, that movie is, what, 88 or so, I think? Earlier than that, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, really? Um, it, it is so good looking today. <laughs> like, it is so it, chic. The effects are still bizarrely good, too. Yeah, you're right. The and, um, so I basically, speaking of Bette Midler's wardrobe, I basically wanted to, we wa- it got on our radar again because of Rosé's runway look she did oh that's right she did big business yeah oh my god we haven't talked about drag race at (gasps) all how does this happen i know i had it well i had to bring it up um but so i was like huh that was a fun reference rose i'm gonna watch this movie i haven't watched since i was a kid we my that's a movie that like i have quoted in life and my like it, it comes up a lot like i still can't say ever say meeting i still always want to say meeting like there's so many like little moments in that movie and that's definitely like we've talked about this with I think Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead like Big Business is a movie that I look at as what I think as a kid I realized I thought like being a professional woman was when you grow up like oh that's how you dress that's how like that's how you hold yourself and to a point I don't know I think I kind of learned a lot from it <laughs> and 9 to 5 is such a it I don't like I was somebody mentioned this recently on a show I listened to where they said like nine to five is so much weirder than you think it's going to be if you know nothing about it and just think like oh this is a comedy with great actresses yeah like it's yeah it, it's a lot yeah I didn't know where I forgot what was happening oh, but, and I was like what is this movie about yep <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's good time. Definitely, definitely, lots of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still good movies. It's yeah. fun to see. Uh, it's fun to see um, Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler in a room oh. together yeah. with like Fred Ward. Like it's so fucking weird. Like sexy Fred weird. Ward. I know he looks so good in that movie. <laughs> that was um, I think uh, it was funny because I watched that recently. Brandon had never seen it, um, and we're watching it together, and I realized how many things in that movie also were like, because I guess I would have been really young when I watched it. And I remember that's how I learned that. And I'm from Long Island. So Fire Island was a place that like a lot of people go to all the time. That was the movie <laughs> that I learned that Fire Island, like if you, if you joked about going to Fire Island, that meant you were gay. Cause I like, that was like one of those like really random references in that movie that I always, whenever I think Fire Island, I think big business. Whenever I think polka dots, I think big business. Oh, it's, it's good. It's good. Surprised yeah. we never talked about it on this show. It is weird. But... I think. Well, I think we must have, because if I rewatched it, then I would have brought it up. But I probably just talked about Bette Midler's wardrobe. Probably because it's so good. Um, 
Okay, mine is not nearly as uh, probably good as either of yours. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a good, but the reason I, I picked it is because I think it's actually a good companion piece to Cam. This is a movie that showed up on Amazon Prime. So Amazon Prime, I know, Christine, you don't have it, but I know you can kind of access a lot of stuff that's on there. Um, yeah. The thing about Amazon Prime is that they tend, they have a lot of genre movies on there and a lot of stuff that I've never heard of. And this one came up because obviously it was recommended to me because these are the movies I watch. And I, and it looked like it was just another doppelganger movie. And the synopsis was like a high school, a shy high school student, um, you know, gives in to her evil doppelganger. And uh, like, that seemed to be it. But then in the cast, it was Mira Sorvino and Jason Isaacs. And I watched the trailer, and the trailer involved figure skating. So the rule is, if there is figure skating, I'm going to watch the movie. Um, and this was actually, like, way better than it should have been. And it's, it, it is. It's this young woman who is Olivia Hussey's daughter and looks like Olivia Hussey's daughter, and she's gorgeous. But yet, of course, she is, you know, she has, like, that Carrie thing of being, like, shy, and, and people think she's ugly, but she's not. What is... What is this called? Look Away. I shut this off. I hated it. <gasps> Did you really? I, you shocked I hate, me. I, I, I hated it with a, with a fiery passion. <gasps> Why? I couldn't watch it. I was immediately offended by it, and we shut it off. There was so much because figure Jason skating. Isaac's playing such, such a misogynist asshole. Which is the point. It was, it was, but it was an angry, mean movie. But I thought that was I don't know, the point. Man. Oh, I didn't like it. Fascinating. It so yeah, because Jason Isaacs is a plastic surgeon. So his daughter, who of course is perfect, he's like, I know why you're depressed. I'll tell. I'm going to give you an ear lift and a nose job, and then you'll be happy. But instead, she's happy when she gives into her evil t- mirror twin. I like this. I thought it was so stylish. Um, it had this like very like icy wintry landscape and okay fine maybe the real reason i liked it was because there's like talk throughout the movie of how she wants to learn how to ice skate for prom and i'm like what does that mean <laughs> like how is that yeah, gonna work you remember anthony remember prom when you ice skate i skated in i do, I do. Uh, they did that so like i don't know i didn't go to private school but apparently if you go to private school in a in a um place that's very wintry your prom is on a fucking ice <laughs> It's a prom on ice. Like, they actually, like, they're wearing prom dresses, but, like, they're on ice skates, and they're just skating around. I'm so excited. Amazing. I, mean, I don't know. I I might be compelled to look at it again because you didn't loathe it, but I we probably got 25 minutes into it, and I was like, I can't do this. I mean, it's very much about, like, Jason Isaacs is an awful man who has convinced his, his daughter and wife, who is Mira Sorvino and... Um, Olivia Hussey's daughter that they are ugly and obviously they are not um, but I thought it was kind of about that like it was a like because I think it does a thing similar to Cam like they're like she gives into her evil twin or does she is that really her because she mm. was never ugly any of this time I don't know I, I dug it but it wasn't for it again I'm a mark for ice skating if you put it in a movie it doesn't yeah, matter how bad true. the movie is I'll like it so if you put a prom on ice skating Anthony do you like ice skating in movies <laughs> I'm neutral. <laughs> oh, neutral, eh? That's hmm. basically being against for Emily. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, we saw the, uh, what's the, the famous ice skating movie with... Uh, cutting Edge. Cutting Edge. It is like, the famous the ice skating Cutting Edge was played in my school all the time. And I remember, like, is D.B. Sweeney in that? Yes, yep. D.B. Sweeney is. Okay. 
DB Sweeney, who I drunkenly accosted once. <laughs> he was such a part of my youth, and now I never see him in anything. But oh, he uh, showed up the most random place recently. Where was that? Oh, really? I don't know. Keep, keep... He still does stuff, right? He he does, but not. He was in something really random. I mean, he's he's actively working. Oh, sharp objects. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Oh. But so growing up, he was. What was it that you knew him from so much? Was it um, Fire in the he Sky? Where and... like he was in Fire in the Sky, which was like a huge, like word of mouth movie yep. when I was a kid, uh, and I love the X Files and all that. So that one particularly. Um, I don't know. He was. I used to get him and Paul Rudd mixed up. I could see that. They both have and... those very potatoy faces. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, that's Paul Rudd. Yeah, you know, if if he was 20 years younger, he might have had Paul Rudd's career. I never thought of it, but yeah, it, it tracks. I mean, once I saw Halloween Six, I was like, okay, now I know who's Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, still not one of. Uh, no, that's one of the worst. I'd still watch bad. it before a lot of the other ones. All right, so Look Away is is a recommend, but not to Christine. (laughs) But if you like ice skating, it's really good. Okay, Um, I guess that about wraps everything up. So, uh, Anthony, where can people read more of you, see more of you, learn more of you, all those things? Uh, Well, you can follow me on Instagram. My name is uh, Bubble Bath with clothes on on Instagram. (laughs) He's the cutest Instagram handle I've ever heard. I stole it from Prince. Um, <laughs> that I usually post most of my writings on there. I have a new article up on Certified Forgotten about Greg Rocky, who is one of my favorite filmmakers. So you can check that out as well. Um, and I will be graduating in a few months. So if you want to hire me Woo-hoo. to teach poetry somewhere, please reach out. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, if anybody is is listening and follows us that can can make that happen for Anthony, can you <laughs> shoot me a quick message too? <laughs> Maybe you can do something for me. Well, you are both wonderfully talented people. Christine, <laughs> uh, you also have writing and everything out there in the world. Tell people where to find you. Uh, um, I, I'm on Twitter at xteen underscore or make peace which is my name um and i post all my stuff there um i don't have anything too new um if you aren't regularly listening just go to my website which is also my name christine make peace and i'll link you to stuff i will be releasing a new book soon but i'm sure i will not shut up about that you shouldn't you will hear it Mm -hmm. emily emily what about you what do you have that's new oh nothing in particular um Everything is still enrolling at DeadlyDollsHouse.com, which is still me just writing about movies like Look Away, which I rave about because I basically consider it the prom on ice, which is what every movie should be. But, you know, not for Christine, apparently. Emily's keeping the blogging dream alive. That's right. That's right. Still, uh, Blogspot is is out there and, and doing its thing, if you can believe that, in 2021. Boy. Well, Anthony, we thank you so much for joining us. We encourage everybody to seek more of you out there. It has been a pleasure all around. And with that being said, everybody uh, have a good, safe time until we hear from you next. Yes, goodbye. Bye. 
Bear with us, we're a little rusty. Yes, and please put all cell phones on vibrate. Don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't if I tried. Honey, if I get restless. Baby, you're not that kind. Ooh, nobody knows it. Nobody knows when I was down. I was your clown. I really am a clown. Oh, I gave you my heart. So don't go breaking my heart. I won't go breaking your heart. Don't go breaking my. Don't go breaking my heart. Oh, yeah.